Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Yeah. Oh, come on. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you ever want to live in a fantasy world where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl and he may at time travel to bend a secret prince, but no one in the story ever asks any questions? You can live on Park Ave with a salary from Mickey D's or walk from Denver all the way to New Orleans. But me, I prefer all the reality and the truth bombs drop from the crew at RTP. I'm gonna tune in every week, ayy, ayy. Laters, baby. But not too much laters. Cause you got what I need. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch Miss Congeniality. Now, was this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? Absolutely not. I think everyone has seen this movie. If you dated or lived in like 2000 to now, someone has made you watch yeah. this movie. If you lived in the year 2000, uh, you <laughs> in saw a world this movie. where no one has seen Miss Congeniality. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone saw this movie when it came out. It was a pretty big hit. I think I saw yes. it in the theater, but I don't think I had seen it since that night until really? last night. Yeah, when Natalie right. and I watched it. Yeah. Okay, so I definitely saw it in theaters. I know I saw the second one too, but I have no memory of that movie. I have no idea what happens in it. But my sister and I were like obsessed with this movie. We used to watch it all the time. And I was obsessed with the soundtrack to the point where I have purchased this soundtrack more than once. Paige, Natalie sang along to multiple songs. I knew all the songs in the movie. Okay. That is how obsessed with the soundtrack I was. Natalie was doing the choreography. I used to know big portions of the choreography. That is so bonkers. I was making fun of her. I was like, you're the only no. person in the world who knows this, but apparently, well, okay. no, she's not. She's absolutely not. <laughs> this movie's peak is like the five years when like DVDs were huge. And before streaming. Yes. So everyone, every girl I knew had a DVD copy of Miss Congeniality. Yes, I absolutely. probably still do. And they do. watched it all the time. <laughs> Paige. To be honest, I paid for it on Amazon, but I probably had it on DVD. <laughs> I just don't, this is revealing a lot about me. I don't know how to watch DVDs on the PlayStation. So it's a lot like sex. 
you put it in and you press the button until it starts, baby. I just put it in. <laughs> anyway. Because it automatically gets turned on. I'm pretty sure I have this. Are we talking PlayStation or are we talking something else, Mikey? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I have this on DVD, but I did not even bother to look before finding it streaming. I run it on Amazon, too. I don't even know if Natalie owns it, but. Oh, time out. I tried to do the feud thing and someone posted a real sexual response to my feud post and I'm. What? I'm wait, out. wait, what did you say? Wait, 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 I want to see it. This is what it says. This is what it says. Paige and Todd are very upset. I won the coin toss and picked a bonkers less known movie. I want you to take my side and watch Blood Diner. Also, fuck them. That's what Mikey wrote. And then someone <laughs> whose name Heather said, Mikey, I'm pretty sure there's some fan fiction depicting that a horror virgin orgy. Oh God! I don't like that at all. Uh, no, it's the first no. comment page. <laughs> that can't be the plot of In Oceaner. That, I refuse. No. The funny thing about that is Mikey posted that, and literally one minute later, someone wrote that. That was like a like, minute it, after it, he it posted took people it. A minute to get to fan fiction of us fucking each other. <laughs> I don't. I, don't wanna, I, don't I am married. Know. Yeah. I don't want to. Well, obviously, they'd invite him into the fan fiction. That no, is obviously canon. Sure. They Thank better. you, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm out. I'm I'm done. I. I. Fuck. So funny. Because I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's play up the feud. Oh, I've written a three-page story about you guys all fucking together. Well, thanks for ruining this bit. I'm out. I don't think it's written yet. It's locked safe in here, if you remember Shakespeare in Love, right? I got the first 30 pages. <laughs> oh, I got 30 pages? I don't last that long. <laughs> oh. I need a page and a half at most. Oh, no, that's not enough for foreplay. You need to add like 15 more pages. To that. Did you not hear Mikey describe what happens when he turns on his PlayStation? He doesn't press any buttons, Paige. He just puts it in. You just got to put it in like Pringles in your mouth. Just once you pop, you can't stop. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get us off track. Yeah, we're like two minutes into the episode and we're already off track. Paige, tell me more about this movie. <laughs> not since She's All That has a movie failed to ugly someone up before they get pretty. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, that hideous hag, Sandra Bullock. Look at her. A jacket. <laughs> She's wearing a man's shirt for the first five minutes. She's hideous. I was like, oh, look at that hot tomboy. I was like, I'm totally into it. Yeah. I yeah, I had very different feelings about this watching it today than I, I used to because it's probably been a solid decade since I've watched this movie, even though I was obsessed with it and knew all the words somehow. It was one of those things where I was like, how are these still rattling around in my brain? But they were. I had forgotten. <laughs> and I know some of this is the fish out of water plot. We are dealing with beauty pageants, but the level of body shame in this film yeah. At times when it's not even necessary. Like there are some times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a little bit of leeway because that's the story. And like, that's the world that she's in. But then there were parts where I was just like, oof, magoof. This is rough. Like, holy shit. This movie is espousing some problematic beliefs about women's bodies. But then on tippity top of that, I don't think her and, Benjamin Bratt's love story is a love story and it kind of upset me this time. Yeah. Is it more of like a trauma bond? No. I think that he's a superficial asshole and she could do better. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely she could. Mikey exists. <laughs> <laughs> also, her and Michael Caine's relationship, I didn't really see develop at all. And then he's at the end, he's like, if I had a daughter, it would be you. And then like they're crying. And I was like, and that's why I didn't reproduce is what he <laughs> said. Yeah. yeah, she's crying. And I was like, no, this doesn't seem right. But then also on top of all of that, I don't know if either of you watched the John Oliver episode where they talked about pageants as scholarship programs and how they don't actually provide real scholarships most of the time. Really? I didn't see that. That's amazing. Girl, they claim that they give millions of dollars in scholarships, but they are only specific scholarships to very specific schools. A lot of them are not four-year universities. A lot of them are for-profit universities. And also, they're counting all of the potential scholarships in that amount that they claim that they're donating, but they could only physically give one per year because only one year one person wins right right so when they're like we're giving away whatever millions of dollars a year no they're fucking not and a lot of the girls turn down the scholarship because it's useless so they haven't given away like any money in like decades yeah it's, oh my god watch the john oliver episode on the miss america pageant it is fascinating Ooh. that is fascinating i didn't know any of that yes. i will say i don't really remember a lot about how i felt about this movie when i initially watched it because it was like 20 years ago but last night when i watched it i found it funny yeah it was fine there were some moments where i, I literally said Oof. Yeah. Like when she says, let her have another slice of pizza. It doesn't matter. She's going to throw it up anyway. I was yes, like, and oh, it's played shit. for a joke. And yes. it is played for a joke. Well, not only that, and then all the girls grab pizza. Like they're like, oh, yeah, yes. I can just binge and purge. Of course. Like, I will <laughs> just throw this up I was later. like, holy shit, this is super terrible. But yeah. But then also every time. So. Within the movie, it is posited that she stays up for like two to three days straight yeah. and they don't let her eat. And anytime she's hungry, they just give her celery or a carrot. And I'm like, that is not the calorie count she needs to be like healthy. But then also on top of all of that, for the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, every time she eats it is portrayed as the most disgusting thing on earth. Yeah. Like the fact that she even dares to eat is gross. And it bothered me so much. Paige, they starve her so much. She pulls a gun on them at one point. And oh my she God. should yeah. have. Yes. She committed like three felonies threatening to kill Michael Caine. Just to get a donut. That's how hungry she was. Also, when she put donuts over her boobs, I think it unlocked something inside me. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, the nipples can go through the holes. I know. <laughs> when we get to that part of the movie, I need you guys to remind me to talk about Donut Shoulder. Trust me. Okay. It is not a sexy story, but it is a memorable story. <laughs> All right. So uh, do you guys maybe want to get into the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene and get to Donut Shoulder? Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. just for that. Yeah, I know, right? I had completely forgotten how this movie started. Yeah, with an undercover op with Ernie. Oh, I met Ernie Hudson once. Can we talk about that? I know, and you were excited because he was a Ghostbuster. I know, he was dressed up too. I'm sorry. It was the only <laughs> time I've ever been starstruck because I love Ghostbusters <laughs> so much. Uh, so it actually starts with her on a playground. Yes. Which, to be honest, I think this is this scene is part of, I think, why I really liked this movie back in the day because I identify with her a lot in this scene yeah. where she's kind of, I mean, A, she's very violent as a child. I was not, but I was okay. very assertive. <laughs> okay. Less punchy, but more like in your face. 
Yes. I was assertive with my fist. <laughs> yeah. Insert my face. And anyway, so she sees someone being beat up on the playground. She goes and defends him and then helps him up and is basically like, you're smart and funny and girls like that. I like that. And he's basically just like, fuck you. Now people think I need your protection, which as a woman who has been called intimidating a lot in a dating context. She did air quotes. She did, For those at home, she did air quotes. Yes. Intimidating. Uh, I felt that a lot. <laughs> but also, fuck you, buddy. She did stop you from getting your ass kicked. Yeah. Do you want to oh, keep an I unbroken see we've unlocked nose? A key emotional memory for Todd. I mean, I would have been the kid getting saved by a girl. Mm-hmm. I know. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> But I wouldn't have been like, oh, now they think I need a girl to help me. I would have been like, thank you. Clearly, I need a girl to help me. I was yeah, always like I, the sad giant who like beat people up. I was like, please don't pick on me. I don't want to hurt you. Boom. Oh, I'm so sorry. Actually, Mikey, one of my best friends in high school, I sought out a friendship with because he was a big person. He was a big, strong dude. That seems pretty transactional, but I feel you. <laughs> Isn't all of humanity pretty transactional? Think about it, Paige. <laughs> But like we were best, we became best friends. Like I just started hanging out in his group because I was like, oh, he will protect yeah, yeah. me. Who was your sling blade's name? That was me in math class. I'm like, I can't do math. You stay away from Todd. <laughs> now, Mikey, if we went to the same high school, I would have clung to you. <laughs> I would have been the fish that cleans your underbelly as a bigger fish. Oh, oh, oh. now we're back to the orgy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Todd, don't. I get weirded out with belly button things. I don't want to put my mouth on your belly button. Well, I don't like when you when I think about a fish cleaning out my belly, it's gonna go into the belly button, and then that activates a some sort of phobia I have that makes me feel icky inside. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but I want to go home and I'm already <laughs> home. I, as someone who who has been dumped or not dumped, dumped implies, but like had people end dates or not want to go on additional dates because I was funnier than them. Like that's so dumb. That is super the dumbest dumb. Thing it happened I've to my heard. sister a bunch, too. My sister got stone cold dumped by a guy who was like upset that she was more funny than him and i was just like that's some messed up shit did they say that he beat around the bush to say it yeah the girl i did it before natalie we mentioned and bonded over the fact that we both liked doing karaoke and then we went twice and she realized i was better than her and she never wanted to go again i don't know man i've always wanted to date someone who was smarter than me funnier than me more attractive than me like no i think dating up is good i like no, to date yeah, up absolutely you date up that's what you go for like so to break up with someone because they're funnier than you that's fucking dumb like yeah. you want someone who can do better than you oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly it would it would typically go like this where like we would talk and he'd be like my friends say I'm kind of the funny one of the group maybe I could be a comedian I'd be like haha and then he'd like come to a show and watch me just fucking destroy and be like you know I'm good uh okay bye yeah that's so dumb like that to me is like a boy that's like a little boy child thing to do like grow up and be impressed by somebody let the person you're with impress you like that's the best thing be good at what they're good at and just let them be good at that's why i'm the sexy one not the funny one (laughs) (laughs) mikey hardcore agree in this group (laughs) of the two guys you are the sexy one oh shit honestly when they're writing the fan fiction i know who the 
you know, the main person is in that fan fiction. <laughs> I believe you mean daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I need everyone in the Facebook groups to start referring to Mikey as daddy. No, yes. no, 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 no. You said what it. have you done to you me? You said it. <laughs> I know you won't edit that out. And that makes me so sad that I misspoke. People already call Armando Poppy. I can't handle this on another show. <laughs> oh, I need to talk to him. I bet him and I could exchange some notes. Oh, yeah. I mean, the DMs he gets are wild. Yeah. He just doesn't answer. I'm sure Mikey doesn't either. I mean, I don't. Yeah. The rare times it happens to me, but it doesn't happen to me very often. I mean, all of mine are just like, hi, I'm a girl who wants to be your friend. Here's a picture of my cat and let's talk about Outlander. So like I answer a lot more than I should have probably. Mine's similar. It's like, I'm a girl who wants to be more than your friend. Here's a picture of my cat. But it's not <laughs> a feline? No, it is. It's a feline. Oh, okay. Okay. And they're like, are you feline it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, what scene are we on? Yeah, what are we talking about one. right now? Let's please talk about this movie so we can get through it. So it's a dark, stormy night, and the robot rises from the burning wreckage <laughs> no! of the truck. Okay. This is not Terminator or whatever. Is this how, is this how the fan fiction starts? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we cut from the scene on the playground to a Russian cafe where they're staking out a mob transaction. And we see essentially adult Gracie behind a book that is actually a camera. So she's trying to videotape the transaction that's going on. Yeah. And they're watching. So she's in the, in the cafe. Benjamin Bratt's outside. There's another guy in the alley. And then in the van is like the chief and one other guy. Now that other guy is the heavier set detective who I found out has a name. His name is Agent Klonsky. <laughs> Klonsky? C-L-O-N-S-K-Y. Klonsky. Uh, and the reason I, I had to kind of take a photo of it and, and <laughs> mark it is because he's currently one of my husband's bosses at his day job. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> really? So he was also in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and he's been in a couple other things. He's always like the chubby, smart-ass cop. Yeah. And he's lost like a hundred some odd pounds. Like he doesn't look anything like that anymore. And he still does comedy and stuff, but he also has a wood shop where my husband works. Uh, but so he's, yeah, he's in this movie, which it was kind of strange for me to see him walking around the whole time. <laughs> anyway, so the mobsters all come into the cafe they're doing a trade with a briefcase where they're trading like a floppy disk. And I was like, oh, history. Uh, and <laughs> a waitress gets in the way. And so Gracie stands up and hugs her to try and get the camera around to catch the basically the trade on camera. Yes. And everyone moves in. They're in kind of like a Mexican standoff when the mob boss chokes on a peanut. I thought this part was nuts because he chokes <laughs> on a peanut and like, I guess he has two guys that are like his bodyguards behind him, but mm -hmm. they are surrounded by FBI agents with guns. Like in reality, they would just rush them, tackle them, yes. handcuff them and then give them the Heimlich. Then render yeah. aid. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the next 30 seconds, they're like, don't you move in there and save that man's life. We're going to stand here and watch him choke to death. <laughs> I was like, this, yeah. is, this is so crazy to me. Well, this is the 90s. Well, it's 2000, but it may as well be the 90s. Yeah. yeah it's justice. <laughs> uh, so she jumps in to save him, which allows the other two guys to run. But Benjamin Bratt and the alley guy catch the other two guys and they do make the arrest. 
but because she moved, someone on their team got shot in the process. Because the mob boss was like able to grab like a steak knife off the table and hold her hostage or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tactically, that whole thing was a little bit of a mess. Tactically, that whole thing was Ernie Hudson's fault. Yeah. <laughs> who had a machine who had an AR just pointed at them. And they I was had like, a huge fuck off shotgun too. Like what are we he talking was afraid about? To cross the streams. <laughs> okay. So so this is how it would happen in real life. If they had a real warrant, it wouldn't be just like the agents. It would be like their specialized SWAT team also there for situations yeah. like that. And then the detectives would come in and be like, oh, the, the agents would be like, okay, now you're under arrest. Yeah, like the reconnaissance team, which is like Sandra Bullock's unit, right? They would yeah. be there, but they would be like yeah. maybe in there. And like, you know, like Sandra Bullock's character has like the camera on them. That probably would happen. But they'd have like a assault SWAT team that actually makes the arrest. Yeah, they'd probably be like, let's wait for them to walk outside. And then be like, that's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're going to rush in there and danger everyone in there. In the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up, boys. We just put everyone in danger. We only had 12 casualties of civilians <laughs> this time. Only Gary got shot? Nice. I didn't yeah. like Gary anyway. It was all your fault, Sandra Bullock. You're suspended. <laughs> <laughs> she literally gets put up for like an advisory board. Yeah. Well, and so from there, she goes home to her apartment and she like walks in, trips over every possible thing in the room, gets a hungry man dinner out of the freezer Puts it in the microwave, has to like prop the door closed with a wooden spatula, turns on salt and pepper and starts punching a punching bag in jeans, like still wearing jeans. Yeah, this this hit a little too close to home for me. First off, <laughs> I do like jeans. I wear jeans around the house, like whatever. Secondly, do you wear jeans to work out, Todd? Okay, so we do have a punching bag in the garage because Natalie has right. a whole gym. She's a personal trainer. Of so that's like what she does. Uh, and I have punched it wearing jeans. I have not done like a full like 30 minute circuit uh, on it wearing jeans. In anger or working out? Oh, I was just dicking around. Like I, she was working out and I walked in there and was like, <laughs> and that was it. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't work out. Have you not seen me? <laughs> I only see you from here up. I don't know if you have legs. <laughs> Just like Henry Cavill, I don't Just have like knees. Just like Henry Cavill, we have no idea if he has knees. Which is no just one a is joke for you and I. <laughs> Keep it in. Yeah, no one was here for that conversation. Allow me to explain yes, in two yeah, seconds. Sure. We've been trying to find a full body photo of the Witcher facing frontal. Front. Frontal? Frontal. Oh. Clothed, uh, and we cannot seem to find one because all promotional stills end at the knee. At which point we're like, does Henry Cavill have knees? What are they hiding about Henry Cavill's feet? Continue. <laughs> yeah, I only wear my jeans in my red room of Legos. <laughs> Seagulls in the room, can you hear my prayer? I'm wearing jeans. And, nope, okay. and I'm pulling her hair. And I'm there, yes! Whips in my hand, I've got her restrained. Am I okay? Can I get <laughs> off when she's not in pain? <laughs> Whipping like a cat. On <laughs> we have we to can't, stop. We can't. We have to stop. Although after this, you and I need to rewrite that entire song, and I will. <laughs> go, next time I'm at the beach, I will do a shot-for-shot shot recreation of it, but just wearing the jeans. But then you just got to green screen me in as the lady who yes. comes in, and just like yeah, 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 and just. Like Fifty Shades of Grey, it'll end in dick neck. 
Oh my god, this recording will not be done until like four o'clock in the morning. Nope. No. Buckle up, buttercup. We're going deep. <laughs> Welcome to our seven part episode on Miss Congeniality. Thank you to everyone in in the Facebook group who posted how Snickers look like veiny dicks and allowed me to use the pun snick neck. You're all heroes. I love you. <laughs> I missed that. Holy shit, that makes me so happy right now. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, so we cut to the next morning and she's heading to work. She gets a phone call. It sounds pretty urgent. She puts a siren on top of her car. She drives through town. She arrives at a Starbucks, pushes her way to the front of the line and then starts a crazy long Starbucks order where she's just like used her badge to cut everybody. Yes. I thought that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. That's one of the, the gags in this movie that holds up for sure. Yeah. I think it, it's so funny because like she pulls up on the, co- the curb, someone like checks her right then and she's like FBI buddy. And she does it again in the coffee shop. She's like, I don't yeah, think you want to get involved in this. I think you probably want to step back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she's just like, all right, here's what I need. And then. The best part to me is when she's like, oh, wait, no, I need. And then they're all like, oh, come on. Uh, actually, guys, fun fact. The J. Edgar Hoover building in Washington, D.C. has its own Starbucks inside of it. It does, but she's in New York. Yeah. So well, well, then fuck this fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, I, I do have a fun fact for this scene. It was filmed in a real Starbucks with real Starbucks employees. Those are not like featured extras. Really? They're just the people that worked at that Starbucks. Holy uh, shit. But also one of my favorite parts of this scene is before she starts the order over, she orders it. It's like eight double tall, eight I- or five iced, four whatever, then blueberry scones with the granules. And then she just says, and one Starbucks compilation CD. Yeah. And the idea that that was part of the morning coffee order was hilarious to me. Uh, We cut to the office where she brings all of the coffee in and she's trying to like do some damage control from the night before. Uh, Turns out the guy that got shot's going to be okay. Yeah. But now they're moving on to a letter from the citizen, which we briefly saw somebody typing moments ago. Yeah. And they're treating it kind of like Son of Sam, where it's these like weird poetic codes. Yeah, but they are like lines of actual dialogue, unlike some other, the Zodiac Killer, right? His were like straight up code. These are like real words that don't necessarily mean something until the attack happens and you're like, oh, that was what it meant. Did did it make a specific threat or anything? Why did they assign so many agents to to the letter? It's implied that the person sending these letters has already killed a couple people. Yes. I think they say two or three times before. Oh, right. and like it's like a serial killer already? Like they've already yes, murdered people? Yes, it's a people? serial okay. killer. And they've poisoned one person and then killed somebody else another way. And they literally just say it in passing. Yeah. Um, and while they're all like holding these crumpled, like copied versions of the letter that look like they could be from a serial killer or just lyrics to a high school band. <laughs> like <laughs> I thought they were some 41 lyrics, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I was like, is yeah. this from All Killer No Filler? What is this from? <laughs> I mean, it looks kind of like... It, I, it, anytime somebody's in a bad band, it reminds me of Party Down when, has Shakespeare said that <laughs> doth? And you're like, no, there should be other things after. But like, that's kind of what it looks like. And it's like... You disregarded in the merry winds of dew or whatever. And you're just like, God, get over yourself. Well, and that's the thing. Like, part of my job is like, I help law enforcement when they get like weird letters like that. Mm. To, like, they, not the ones that are actually like serial killers, but they're like, right. Hey, we think this person might need some help who's writing this letter. Right. From like a mental health perspective, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they don't need to be arrested. They need treatment, obviously. Or, right. You know, can you can you check on them or whatever? And I'll go check on them and get them help or whatever. But like, that's why I was like, they put a lot of agents on this case for like 
one letter. I was like, this is like real gung ho. Yeah. Well, especially I had a job briefly when I first got to Los Angeles where I would uh, get rich people's mail and then copy it and email it to them. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> so the rich lady I was working for had hired a like administrative assistant company and that's who had hired me. And my job while she was in Australia with the stuntman she had married uh, and had a baby with, I was supposed to pick up their mail at their P.O. box, open it all, read it and decide what was important and then scan the mail and send it to them. And I was like, like I would throw out like coupons and stuff, but like anything that was like a letter letter, I sent them. And she was a lawyer, like a defense lawyer. And so she kept getting letters from this lady in prison. And I just kept scanning them. And at a certain point, they were like, please stop sending us the prison letters. We don't care. Throw them away. Like, we don't care about them. Oh, wow. But every like I would have to read them before I would scan them. And it was all from a lady who's just like. I'm in prison for stalking, but I shouldn't be because all I did was break into my husband's office and change all of the photos on his desk to photos of us and put flowers anywhere. And it's not stalking if you love someone. And I was just like, this is the best letter I've ever read. But they did not want to read it. You're like, oh, man, true love does exist. <laughs> she broke into his house and changed all his pictures too it just got subsequently crazier the more the letters came in i loved it so much i know anytime someone accuses me like oh you could be a stalker or something i was like uh i don't think so i am way too lazy like i don't think i put that much of effort <laughs> so into a relationship much effort. here's the thing mikey so much i'm effort. not that lazy you would break into somebody's house and change all their photos to photos i have problems just planning the first date I'm legit going to break into Mikey's house and put up a photo of him and I. Oh. Actually, the photo I put of him and I where I'm like going in for a kiss. And where I you're look trying super, to kiss yeah. him. Oh, my yeah. God. That photo because is so funny. You heard it here in two different ways. Consent is not important to Todd. Mikey, I just want to point out that based on the way you were dressed, you were asking. For <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean in your Target Wreck-It Ralph costume. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. No one's ever asking for it. It's always bad. Consent is important. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I am going to break into Mikey's house and put up a picture of us and see how long it takes him to notice. Anyway, so we find out that she's going to be under advisory board review and she's basically out of the field. So we cut to she's at a local bar eating a burger. Messy. Like messier than any... Like, it's like four Carl's Jr. commercials worth of mess yeah. with this burger. I call that one lunch. Yeah. And she orders a full pint. We find out that it's a full pint of chocolate chip cookie dough. And I'm just like, yes, girl. I did think that was funny. I, I like that, actually. I wish you could order that at bars. So much, then I'd go to them. I know. Then they would be worth it for me to go to. Yeah. If you were like, hey, do you want to go to a bar? And I'm like, no, it's going to be loud and I don't even drink. And, and then you were just like, you could order pints of ice cream. I'd be like, when are we leaving? Yeah. Right now? Are you serious? We this. can go do karaoke and eat Ben and Jerry's? I am game. Yes. Anyway, this is where we see Benjamin Bratt's character has like a lady friend with him. Yeah. And it's this kind of like... He really makes a distinction between Sandra Bullock being... He does not consider her a woman in this scene. At all, no. I and mean, he makes it very clear. Yeah. Shit, if I saw a hot chick eating a hamburger like that, I couldn't even stand up because my boner would be so big. You know what, <laughs> 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 what are you, 17 years old? Oh my God, Paige. If I saw a girl eating Ben and Jerry's at a bar, I'd have like the hardest of hard-ons. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it was like bacon on the burger. Like the hard on would be a mix of how hot she is, but also of how good the burger looked. (laughs) Gonna wreck it. Wreck it, Ralph. Anyway, we do get the fun line of, of do all the female agents have to wear such masculine shoes. And she says, no, these are made by the guy who put the tattoo on my ass. Although we never see or hear of that tattoo again. So I think she was joking. Oh, she definitely was joking. Yeah. Also, she looks pretty feminine the whole time they're telling yes, her she looks she like does. a man. she does. Yeah. She just looks messy. But she looks like Sandra Bullock messy, which yeah, is absolutely. still like a hard fucking 10. But this movie really (laughs) makes this distinction of what I would call valid forms of femininity, where it's like this type of femininity is okay and preferred and an improvement. And this is not valid. We don't even really consider you a person if you do not meet these ideals. And that bothered me considerably. Yeah, like that's definitely something I didn't notice the first time I watched it. When I was watching yeah. it now, I was like, man, they are doing everything they can to code her like tomboyishness and messiness as like masculine and gross. Yeah, and just bad. Yeah. And and there are parts of her personality and they, they really play them up. But it's it's almost this idea of it is portrayed that if you are a woman and want to be a woman and recognized as a woman, but you have these traits that is not available to you. Yeah. And while that may be a reality of sexism in the world, it, it is reinforced repeatedly in the movie, which I really hate. Yeah. And also, it's definitely not a reality if you're looking like Sandra Bullock. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking early in the movie, I thought to myself, what would this be like if it was Melissa McCarthy? And then I was like, oh, spy, which is fucking great. Oh, I, love <laughs> like, I love that movie. Like, <laughs> no, but I mean, like later on when they're doing like the uh, let's get all the agents and like do the computer program to make them oh. look like pageant. They're like, now let's put in ugly ass Sandra Bullock. And I'm like, she's obviously super in shape and pretty like the whole time yeah right also you should not make fun of the appearance of your coworkers. that was a very hr nightmare and that going on in that it trailer oh yeah that was actually at the corporate office that was not at the (laughs) on location mikey it's even worse like hr was downstairs maybe we could talk about this when we get the scene yeah table a table a table a table a table uh so she as she's dripping ketchup all over it realizes that there's a signifier in the note she kind of solves it and cracks the code but she does it at the same time that intelligence does at the office anyway yeah and they all think it's going to be the Miss United States pageant. Yes. So now they're kind of going through, okay, the pageant lasts three days. It's a logistical nightmare. So they decide that they're going to call the network and the pageant people, try to get the pageant canceled and figure out how to get out there. But they hear back from the network that they won't cancel it. So they have to get somebody inside and essentially somebody who can go to all the places that only contestants can go. Yeah. I mean like a security guard. (laughs) (laughs) No, they needed someone who can actually like be on stage with them, Mikey. Oh, you mean like literally half the characters in the movie that aren't in the pageant? Yeah, that's true. Because they are all around like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like Michael Caine's characters on stage. Oh, I mean, just yeah. just off stage, you know? Yeah. So they use he calls it the the dress up Sally website. And it's like a Barbie website. And he's just like, I reprogrammed it, which like this is so impossible. I don't even know. Wait, have you never seen the other Sandra Bullock movie? The Net? This yeah. is possible. Oh, this is possible. The, this is I four years the after the net. I yeah. Love the net. But what they're doing is they're using the dress up Sally website to just like click and drag the clothes over to the FBI website to like 
change the clothes of the profile pictures. But that just means they're naked on the FBI website. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, like someone was like, I made uh, made some software where we can look at all of our coworkers naked and put whatever clothes we want on them. Love it. HR would like to speak to you immediately. <laughs> yeah. Why is one of these a pre-programmed Wreck-It Ralph costume? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey. Uh. Those photos of you as Wreck-It Ralph. And by me, I mean a lot of women in the Facebook group. Anyway, so they <laughs> they pick a woman almost immediately, which to me said that Benjamin Bratt had been like scoping her profile for a while because he was like, I know exactly where to find her. And it turns out that she's on maternity leave. So then we get a montage of them looking at all of these different women in different outfits. The only thing that kind of saves it for me is that they then include the guys and they're doing the guys too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's a little too little too late. It's a little problematic. Yep. Uh, and they do put it on Ernie Hudson, which is pretty great. It's great to see a Ghostbuster in a woman's one piece. Yep. Uh, honestly, he pulls it off. He honestly did. I was like, all right. I mean, he's no Wreck-It Ralph, but like he's pulling it off. He's smuggling vitamin waters. Or <laughs> <laughs> it is just one. Okay. Everyone listening. One picture got taken to me over Halloween where my <laughs> wang looked really big. And, <laughs> and I don't know what happened. It just looks like a Gatorade bottle in there. And I don't know why. I can't believe you let me use it. I'm so and I happy. I sent it to Paige and Todd because I'm an idiot. Oh my god! And I made so many memes. Paige made so many memes. And I said, "Does my dick look big in this?" And they've been photoshopping it all day. <laughs> Literally during this recording, we've been photoshopping. Uh, it is really embarrassing. I love that we are the kind of friends that like. We'll spend 40 minutes working on a meme that I will only show to you two. Like, yeah, I'm not going to show anybody else. Yeah. But literally, yeah. like three or four memes just about Mikey's huge ass dog in that one photo. I'm pretty partial to, to my last one, which was <laughs> photoshopping a poster from the movie Shame in yes. which Michael Fassbender has a, a notably large, total large wang. Uh, and it's just like ruffled sheets and they photoshopped Mikey into the sheets. Oh. It's so good. It's so good. Oh. I do wish I had sheets that nice. Oh my God. I found a new game for our next bonus. Is it Mikey's dick or is it someone smuggling sausages? <laughs> I was just going to have people identify famous bulges. But okay. <laughs> All right. Let's let's so try and move past this though. It'll be <laughs> difficult because it's huge, but let's just try and like move past it. <laughs> Don't worry, Todd. Many women have moved past this very quickly. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> so they pull up Sandra Bullock and they're just like, "Ooh, damn!" But honestly, Ernie Hudson looked just as good. Yeah. And she doesn't want to do it so she's like fighting Benjamin Bratt in the gym about it and she says I don't own a dress or a brush which with her hair is impossible like she must own some sort of implement because she like there is no way that her hair could look the way it does without something they do make it look just wavy yeah at this part in the movie it's not even bad and like what trash wavy hair <laughs> every girl I know goes like four days between hair washing and looks like this on the third day like like every yeah. girl I know has like a wavy hair crimper thing that they will spend 30 minutes using to make their hair look the way hers does I mean I have hair that looks the way hers does but yeah like I spend time straightening it like on the other 
other way, you know. Like, yeah, but it's not like a rat's nest or anything. Like they no, imply later on. No, she just looks like she has wavy hair. Yeah. yeah. So they they go to see the pageant people, and she's like, "Why do people do this?" And they're like, "Scholarships, duh." Although, again, not as many as you think. <laughs> It's a scam, apparently. I haven't seen the John Oliver thing, but I'm going to have to. So she meets with Candace Bergen and William Shatner. God. I love William Shatner in this movie. I honestly, unironically think this is his best performance I've ever seen. It's definitely one of my favorites, yeah. for sure. I have never seen him deliver a line more genuinely than when she falls and he goes, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it, it almost seems like they <laughs> didn't tell him she was going to fall. And he was just like, oh, shit. Like, he was genuinely concerned for Sandra Bullock, the person. I will highlight my favorite scene when we get to it, uh, because it is much later in the film. But yeah. I was laughing out loud just at William Shatner in <laughs> one scene <laughs> later on. Anyway, they they correct her. They do the whole, like, it's a scholarship program. And they reveal that she's going to be taking the place of Miss New Jersey, who was in a porno called yes. Armageddon, which is like, I mean... Don't you want to see like is is it if they can't detonate a nuke in her butt they have to leave the planet <laughs> like what is Armageddon <laughs> anyway so they reveal that Sandra Bullock's going to be the agent that's undercover and Candace Bergen is like oh no we need to call like the best guy in the business which is Michael Caine right. so but Murphy Brown is like very condescending from Jump Street towards Sandy B. She really doesn't believe that people can have it all. And that seems a little hypocritical. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Did you not watch your show, Murphy? (laughs) They go to dinner with or she goes to lunch with Michael Caine. And this is just one more scene where they're like her eating is gross. Uh, Yeah. It's also the last time we get to see her eat. I think anything that's like normal. I mean, she eats celery and a carrot and one donut and a slice of pizza for the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's it. That's how little she eats. I can list it out for you. Um, (laughs) But so he basically reveals that like he's the most demanding, but also the most successful pageant coach out there. And he kind of sees her as a challenge where like it's at first he's like absolutely not but then by the end of their lunch they're he's like trying to teach her how to walk and they're kind of like figuring it out and he's basically signed on he's charming as fuck i mean he's michael kane yeah he is michael i do love michael kane and i do feel like this is a wow this is gonna sound terrible i feel like this is a pretty progressive portrayal of a gay man in the year 2000 for the year 2000, yes. Yeah. For modern day, no. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely not. But like, this is a time when gay marriage wasn't legal. Like, almost yeah. everything in film was like over the top, stereotypical, flamboyant gay man. So, like, the fact that Michael Caine was more subtle with it, I was like, oh, this is actually much better than well, I expected. <laughs> aside from the reveal at the end, that's really terrible. And the way people react to it's pretty bad. What I did like is the contestant that does come out as gay is not what I would call queer coded up until that point. No, it's sort of a surprise. It It is a surprise. But for me, I'm like, when you think about, when you look back at it and think back through what you've seen, that's a better portrayal because it's so subtle. And she's just a normal person who then yeah. happens to be. And like the, the reaction it gets is so insane, especially given the reaction Michael Caine and Benjamin Bratt get moments before from other people where it is very clearly yeah. a very safe space for gay men and not for gay women, which is real upsetting in in the movie. And it plays it for a joke. Uh, yeah. 
Terrible. So we cut to, like from her and Michael King kind of having their lunch, we cut to someone building a bomb and we have a close-up on an eye, and it looks like a man's eye, but I think it is actually Candace Bergen's eye. I think it is. I mean, we find that it's her later on. So we cut to Sandra Bullock on a plane, and it is like a fancy private plane, but it's her and Michael Caine watching videos of previous winners with all the other FBI agents. And Benjamin Bratt asks Michael Caine, like, can we do it, essentially? Like, can we build a attractive woman from this pile of trash? And he says, <laughs> "This pile of gorgeous, gorgeous, trash. <laughs> gorgeous trash. This beautiful woman. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. With some intensive work, she'll be ready for the world's finest trailer park. Both painful and grotesque. And I'm like, grotesque. Yeah, it's Sandra Bullock. You guys know what Sandra Bullock looks like, right? Like gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like." Picture with a ponytail and glasses, and that's basically what you have. That, and this is essentially the ponytail and glasses of this movie. Yes. So we cut to they land at like an what's the word I'm looking for? A hangar. hangar. Yeah. Yeah. It it legit is an airport hangar. They take a like private jet with like 30 people on it and take her to an airport hangar and in the hangar, they do the makeover. Right. And they, and they just have like hairstylists, manicurists, waxers. I do think it's funny that they're waxing legs that have no hair on them. I know. Yeah. Like you can see it's like there's no hair anywhere and they're ripping off. And she's like, ow. Like, I mean, it probably would hurt a little bit, but not as much as if there was hair there. Real, actually real talk. You shouldn't wax skin that doesn't have hair on it. If you can avoid it. Really? Okay. Like it can it can bruise pretty badly oh, depending okay. on how sensitive your skin is uh, and how skilled the person is waxing you. I mean, obviously, you've got a professional. The likelihood of it being really bad is pretty low. But I one time tried to wax my own legs at home as a teenager and bruised myself really, really badly because I kept going over the same spot too many times yeah. when the hair was gone. I mean, they could have just used honey in the actual shot. And then put in the sound effect in post. I think they did. I do also like that she has one scream and they're like, oh, those are bikini wax. And I'm like, it's not just one strip. Like if you've ever had a bikini wax, it's a process. It's like it is for Sandra Bullock because she's well groomed. <laughs> it's like it's multiple strips. It's like a whole thing. I would assume so. <laughs> yeah. She tries to go to craft services and they don't let her eat anything. They just hand her a stalk of celery while they eat in her face, which is pretty rough. Yeah. They are like eating all around her and they like smack donuts out of her hand or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. Then we cut to kind of like the James Bond Q moment where she's learning about her earpiece and her flag pin camera. And she claims that she's got so much foil in her hair she'd be getting she could get HBO. <laughs> Although it looks like later in I guess it could have been a dual process color. I don't know. But it she doesn't have that much done to her hair. It's a lot more style than color. Yeah. Um, but she's got the amount of foil that you would get if you were going like full blonde and then you know something else anyway i thought it was funny that she was making a joke about being able to pick up hbo with foil and hbo right. has never been a network you could pick up over the air <laughs> yeah because it's always been cable yeah it's always it's been cable always but been whatever cable. i mean that's fine it's fine <laughs> uh they give her her new id and she says that her iq just dropped 10 points which because this movie is bad on both sides it's horrifically body shaming to her yeah but also reductive to women who are more femme presenting and implying that that makes them less smart and at least at the end of the movie it kind of walks that back a little bit where she's like 
these are smart, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful women. Uh, but like again, too little, too late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're at the end. They're like, yeah, feminism. Got it. Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap, Wrap it up, up, boys. Wrap it up, girls, because the feminism. Yeah, I do like in this scene where they do the eyebrows. There should be two. And then they bring over what is a heater for car paint. Like if you painted a car, that's what they use to like help dry the paint. And he just says another two coats and seal it. Which I'm like, <laughs> what are they doing to her? I don't know. I think it's implied that it's a tan, but like just, it sounds like car paint. Uh, anyway. I don't know. I don't want to know the mysteries of women. I just want it to be mysterious. With that attitude, it always will be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we finally get to see made over hot ass Sandy B, a.k.a. They have straightened her hair and put her in a dress. Yes. But she's like walking out of the airplane hangar in slow motion and yeah. then trips again. Yes. She trips a couple times. She trips a lot in this movie. In this movie, her clumsiness, that is like her personality. I don't know. She's like Bella with her cactus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with being clumsy. No, there's nothing wrong with being clumsy, Mikey. You're right. But it is (laughs) (laughs) anti-feminist. Well, I mean, for Mikey, it's just because he's got a lot of weight pulling him forward. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to stand upright. Well, I mean, it's actually easier to stand upright as long as he's leaning forward. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Got a little bit of an extra tripod. I just call it a kickstand. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this. Guys, I have a very small average size. I want everyone's expectations to be realistic and low so they're surprised and happy. I'm also going to tell you. Most of the people listening to this should never see your dick, so it doesn't matter. That is true. Please don't reach out asking to see Mikey's dick. (laughs) Did you see what Todd said? Paige actually gave me the idea. (laughs) Yeah, I was in the middle of photoshopping that before we came back. Yeah, I hate you both. Uh, There are so many memes. Like, I just, we can't share with anybody, but I love that all of us just want to make each other laugh so much that we're like taking the time to make the memes. I love it. We cut to a montage of San Antonio and they arrive at the hotel. They get out of the car. They run into Miss Morningside. Uh, yes. Candace Bergen or uh, Murphy Brown. And she's kind of surprised at, at what they've been able to do in two days to make over Sandy B. Uh, and quickly whisks her off to the orientation breakfast. And this is the first time that we really see how creepy Frank, her assistant, is. Because he's doing the, like, Ohio, hey, Washington, nice apples. And then when he gets to Sandra Bullock, he just goes, New Jersey, welcome. Because even (laughs) when she's made over, they're still just like, she's disgusting. Yeah, And you're like, in what world? In (laughs) what world? New Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) This is beautiful Sandra Bullock. (laughs) Oh, I think you mean ugly Sandra Buttocks. (laughs) But here's where we meet Miss Rhode Island, Cheryl Frazier, who is going to basically be her BFF because she is like outgoing and friendly and offers her a place to sit on the way to the orientation breakfast. Yeah. They get to the breakfast and they're all at the same table. But we meet New York, Texas, Tennessee, California, Hawaii, and um, I think one other. But it's basically the top 10 kind of that is like her crew. Everyone we meet ends up in like that top 10. Yeah. Well, and then all the other main ones are like the top five, right? Right. And Miss Texas says my favorite line from this movie, which is, I believe what it says on that sign of the Alamo Dome. 
we are all winners. Uh, and I love it every time. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing ever, <laughs> but I say it as much as possible. I like it a lot. I can't imagine it comes up often, but I like it. Um, Anytime somebody's like, I don't know, I don't think we can do it. I, <laughs> like, I like to throw it in when I can. Me too, Paige. <laughs> Gross, Mikey. <laughs> I'm in a mood. Mm. What's the difference between the women Mikey date and a washing machine? Oh, no. You can throw a load in a washing machine and it won't ghost you. <laughs> I'm gonna use that tomorrow for my presentation. I just want to make a shirt that says I had sex with Mikey Randolph and all I got was this lousy obituary. <laughs> <laughs> Take my last name off and you can put it up there on the merch. <laughs> okay, all right. I know a few oh ladies in the Facebook group that will want to buy that and have you sign it. I had sex with Mikey and all I got was nothing. I had sex with Mikey and then a picture of one of those electronic magnetic pulse readers that people use for ghost hunting. <laughs> well, like, what we the need, Ghostbusters well, box. What we need to get is like the, the proton packs or like whatever they like yes. throw to capture the, the ghosts. Yeah, the, the yes. traps. And then like, have like a ghost Mikey being sucked down into the trap. Mikey, these are your wedding invitations. When you do <laughs> finally find someone you want to commit to, we are going to make these your wedding invitations i love this i hate it i don't think her dad and mom will go for that well they're not paying for it i am so or the the podcast is gonna pay for it so don't worry Yeah, because the bride always pays right todd (laughs) i'm so excited for your union i am very excited mikey uh we're getting married that's the joke i actually know who's gonna officiate my wedding it's Paige. oh okay it's actually my friend jeff oh well fuck that fuck that guy jeff yeah yeah no jeff's a good guy taking my job (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was he an immigrant? Immigrant. <laughs> now I just want to. Now I just want to see that guy officiate a wedding. Do you take these French fried potatoes to be your lovely <laughs> wedding lunches? Fuck. I mean, if I had to marry a breakfast side. <laughs> Why? How did we get here? How did we? Get I would marry here? into Clan McMuffin. I think we know this. <laughs> I'm more of a like McGriddle, like for sure. The McGriddles were a cowardly bunch. <laughs> <laughs> they are cowardly. Arr. Conquered by the mighty McFlurries. <laughs> McFlurries. The machine is not broken today. <laughs> My favorite were their breakfast bagels, but they didn't have a Mick name. It's a McBagel. McBagel. Well, McBaggle. somebody somebody posted on somebody commented on that thread where you asked what people's clan name would be, uh, and they said Mick Ice Cream Machine Broken, and, <laughs> and I just commented below Mick Winner. <sighs> All right, so we get into the orientation breakfast. She kind of mitigates a disagreement between Miss Hawaii and Miss Rhode Island. Yeah, she like uh, diffuses this the tension with humor, right? Yes. Yeah, with the aloha, aloha joke, right? Right. Which anyone who grew up probably like we did is good at that. Right, but also maybe don't make jokes about people's native language. It's, it's not a <laughs> super tasteful joke. Like it would probably not fly today. Yeah, probably not. I'm gonna go ahead and back page on this. I'm not yeah. saying the joke was appropriate. I'm just saying diffusing situations with humor is what what is good. Absolutely. All I heard you say was, "I'm really glad the white man stole all of King Kamehameha's <laughs> land." <laughs> By the time the white man was stealing it, it was Queen Liliuokalani's land. Just get it right, anyway. <laughs> so we get like a little speech from 
Candace Bergen and they that kind of lays out their day where they're going to have like a photo shoot and a rehearsal and then settle into their hotel rooms. And then we get William Shatner, who announces that he's retiring that year. And we find out kind of from the scuttlebutt around the table that he's actually being fired. He's not uh, resigning. He's not retiring. So while that's happening, they can't hear anything that Gracie is hearing. So they're trying to reconnect her earpiece. And as they do, they get a ton of feedback. And so she screams and has to pretend that it's her forgetting to pray over her bagel. Well, because she goes, Jesus Christ! And she's like, oh, yeah. God. Uh, I mean, I forgot to pray before I ate my bagel, my McBagel. So she uh, she literally got down on her knees and prayed. Yeah. Uh, we cut to rehearsal where she is terrible. I loved it. And I really feel like the way they shot this where they were like, hey, everyone work with the choreographer for an hour. Figure out the choreography. Sandra, go hang out in your trailer. And then they were she like. She did not attend the rehearsal right before deliberately. So it looked bad. Yeah. That, yeah. But that's perfect. That's exactly what you need. Right. Because she right. did genuinely look like she was lost most of the time, but like really trying to figure it out. It was great. I, I love right. that shot. Yeah, it is great. Uh, now, here's something interesting that I only noticed on this viewing because I, you know, watch these a lot closer when we do them for shows. She is in room 103. Now, we establish at one point later in the movie that all of the agents are in room 166. Yeah. But then when she comes back to say goodbye to Michael Caine, he he's is in room, in 103. room 103. I noticed yeah. that too, Paige. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that she's sharing the room with Miss Texas. Right. Yeah. So it's not like her and Michael Caine were sharing that room. Like we know who nope. her roommate was. Right. Yeah. Right. I noticed that too. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so she opens her door at night and it's Miss Rhode Island who's brought her some non-fat hot chocolate. Right. Which everyone acts like it tastes terrible. I'm sure it's fine. Did If you guys had to say Miss Rhode Island looked like someone we knew, who would you say? We knew? Yeah. I just saw Andrea Gazetta every time I saw her. She sounds like Andrea. Yeah. Oh, in fact, there yeah. there is something later in this movie that she says that she said it and I it was almost like I heard Andrea say it. Yeah. I was getting some real Andrea vibes from her. Yeah, I don't think they look alike so much as their pattern of speaking is very similar, which is not accurate to Rhode Island at all, but it's it's a very I think they're trying to code her as sweet and kind, yeah. and that's why they gave her that accent. Yeah, but it's probably because I, I listen to Andrea more than I see her. Like, I never see her, yes. really, you know? So, yeah, right. that's probably why I got that vibe. But I was like, man, I'm getting, like, an Andrea Gazetta vibe from her. There, I'll try to remember, because I think I put it in my notes, what it is that she says later that I literally, like, heard in Andrea's voice. Do you know what I probably heard her say most recently? What? Good Lord, Mikey's dick is huge. <laughs> I can send her the photo and get her response. You you have received permission. <laughs> That's consent. Please actually send her the photo, and I want to hear a response. Oh my god! Oh my we'll see god. if she answers. She might be busy, but we'll if she does. Oh no, that's the meme one. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Don't send that. Which one did you no, send? No, I said I said I said the the original one. I got it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's, I'm watching it like a hawk. Okay. okay. We're going to report back on what Andrea says about Mikey's dong. Or doesn't say. We'll see. Or doesn't say. We'll yeah. see. I feel so nervous. 
<laughs> they chit chat a little bit. Uh, and this is where we find out that Miss Rhode Island is pretty sheltered and has never done. She wants to do, she's a twirler, but she wants to do flaming batons. But her parents don't like anything ostentatious and they really don't like fire. And she's kind of like nervous where she's always like, you're so nice and smart. And you're definitely going to win. And then Miss yeah. Texas wakes up and is like, what the fuck is that? Go to bed. Like, what is happening? You're interrupting my rim cycle. Right. Yeah. And so she kind of ushers Miss Rhode Island out. And then Gracie climbs into bed to go to sleep. But no sooner has she laid down that there's a tap on the window and it's Benjamin Bratt dragging her out to go learn how to walk downstairs in an evening gown. Yes. So she's doing it very, very clumsily. And he's like, your thighs are gapping and your ankles are gapping. Like, what's going on? And so she takes out multiple guns and magazines <laughs> from her thigh holsters that she was still it's wearing. Like three and a half guns. It's insane. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. It's like multiple handfuls. Some of us always pack three and a half guns <laughs> mikey i've seen what you're packing and it is impressive <laughs> it's a copy of the heat with melissa mccarthy and sandra, and sandra bullock, bullock. Yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> but it's the novelization it's the hardback <laughs> the, hard, <laughs> the extra hardback yeah. oh my okay I love that Mikey is like redder than I've ever seen him right now. <laughs> Clifford the big red dong. Uh, so. <laughs> and the pants are almost red. They're like a brownish red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize you were bringing Clifford to the party, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, my reaction to that photo is that Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Django, just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it on your Tinder profile, that is what they will say. I oh want God. to do it. I do the science experiment. Oh, no word from Andrea yet. Anyway, uh, this is where we find out that she has no talent and they're trying to figure out what she's going to do. And she just says, I have to talk to people at room service. I, I've got something. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And this is where she's hiding donuts in her bra. In each side of her bra, right? And then as she yes. walks away, the dog sniffs out another one. And I love that. Uh, th that's between her legs. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Are we ready for the ballad of Donut Shoulder? Yes, please. Yes. Tell me everything about Donut Shoulder. Okay. So at church... There was always tons of donuts every Sunday morning at church, just like out, like go take donuts. Yeah, like Lucy's, like loose donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy's. Yeah. And the church that I went to used to do like large scale musical theater productions as well. Oh my God. I would have lost my mind in this church. I would have loved it <laughs> so much. Uh, backstage, they would often have donuts and, and snacks and stuff like that. So my sister was performing in one of the shows and one of the women from church came up and took a donut and stuffed it under her shoulder pads on each side. Why? And then took a third donut and then just like one bite ate the whole donut. What? <laughs> and then just wandered away. And then later in the night just like snuck it out <laughs> from under the shoulder. That is amazing. To the point where I now refer to that woman privately with my sister just as donut shoulder. Yeah. But for me, it's like added weird. It's like, first of all, shoulder pads because she was older and had lived through the 80s and 90s. Right. Shoulder pads filled with secret donuts. <laughs> but then the, 
<laughs> the fact that she takes a third donut and is able to completely eat the whole donut in one bite. It's just like, it's one of those things where after my sister watched it, she was like, I need to talk to someone about this right now. <laughs> I don't know how to process my feelings about what I just saw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ever since, every once in a while, I'll get the urge to try and eat a donut all at once. And I can't do it. My mouth's not big enough. I once I almost died in middle school trying to shove a zebra cake completely in my mouth in one bite. That is a true story. <laughs> I almost died. Cake executioner. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us are the predators and some of us are the prey. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that elephants saw zebra as natural enemies. What? <laughs> I never forget. I think, Mikey, you're the elephant in that scenario. Yeah. Because yeah, of the wang. Because <laughs> of the trunk, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom at some point again soon. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. <laughs> it's because pee is stored in the balls, and those <laughs> things have, like, a reservoir. <laughs> oh. I hate everything about tonight. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to have to cut out more funny shit from this episode than I think any episode ever before it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to leave in a bunch of it. Well, I put the picture into the episode. It's in canon. Yeah. No, I know. You you established it. But everything before then, I'm not going to put in. Oh, I know. There's just no way. Oh oh, we've got to move on, guys. We're like 30 minutes into this fucking movie. I'm, I'm like hoping my... Anyway, okay. So we cut to a an empty like parking lot with a mannequin where they're basically putting C4 across its head and they blow the head up. So clearly they're like testing the bomb. Yeah. Well, and they're clearly going to assassinate the winner of the Miss America pageant. Right. We cut back to Benjamin Bratt walking Sandra Bullock back to her room and she's telling him about how Stanfield is getting fired, who's William Shatner. And Benjamin Bratt's like, well, you're doing a good job. I think they bought it. And she does the like, you think I'm gorgeous. You want to <laughs> kiss me. You want to smooch me yeah and then he eats a candy bar in front of her which is just cruel it is honestly just really mean <laughs> she goes back inside uh they have prelims the next day and they comment that she looks tired and miss texas is like i saw that gentleman stop by the room we are all winners and they're like are you sleeping with a judge and she's just like no it's my ex but she like makes sure to undo her robe so he can see in the camera as she's basically mocking him to these other girls yeah <laughs> well i think she fun. even talks about how his dick is small yeah 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 his ego is like this big but his equipment's like this big and they're like ah, ha, 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 but the thing about penis. mikey is his ego is like real small but his package is like real big <laughs> it's like the opposite oh, of this guy yeah. Ladies, do you want a man who's humble and hung? Okay, what if I invented food that makes you feel better about yourself and I called them ego waffles instead of ego? Are they actually waffles though? Yeah. Then I'm on board. Okay. With just medication infused in them. <laughs> it's just Prozac infused ego waffles. <laughs> I'm on board for this. I think it's great. I'll buy in for $100,000 for 50% of the company. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that thing away. <laughs> oh I feel threatened. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to the rest of the talent competition in front of the Alamo. And we start with Texas, where she sings, you light up my life. 
Then we have uh, Miss New York with the flute, Miss California singing opera, another girl that we haven't really seen doing balloon animals. And then we see Miss Rhode Island twirling. Well, I mean, can we call it that? It's pretty bad. It it's pretty bad. bad. Yeah. For when she actually has the fire, they have someone else doing the twirling and it's pretty impressive. But up until then, it's like her just like spinning her wrist. I also, I'm like, where did she get fire batons in a day? Uh, any baton is a fire to baton if you light it on fire. <laughs> <You> <laughs> light it on fire. <laughs> but these are like specifically for that. They light up on yeah. their own. Like it's a whole thing, Mikey. Yeah. I mean, I didn't inspect the baton. It's fine. Whatever. You should always inspect your baton before getting into any twirl. Yeah. You got to check for sores. <laughs> I realize there's oh a lot of surface God. area to check on yours. I'm just saying you having a huge dong is now canon. I don't even care if it's true, Mikey. <laughs> it's not true. He's so red. Still no word from Andrea. I'm going to assume she's stunned into silence. <laughs> Oh, she's been texting me. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I need Andrea just to respond right now to Mikey with like, hey, with a bunch of like whys at the end. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Gracie has a table full of glasses in varying volumes with varying levels of water. And she's basically using them to make music by running her fingers along the rims of them and using the vibrations. Did you guys know you could do this? I've done it, yeah. On real crystal glasses, but most of most glasses aren't real crystal. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen it done. I've never actually, like, I've seen it done in things like this. You know, I didn't oh, know. I've yeah. done it. I, I got restaurants and yeah. uh, people hate you for that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as she's playing, she sees a guy seemingly reaching for his gun in the audience. He, okay, in her defense... This dude is reaching for his gun. Yes, and looks super suspicious. Yeah. Now, he just looks like any other dude in Texas. I mean, and that's sort of the joke because she's like, uh, she's like talking to the FBI through the earpiece and he's like, hey, look for a guy with a white Stetson. He's got a gun. And, and Eric Banner, whoever the fuck plays the other dude, is like, <laughs> um, there's like 30 white Stetsons here. What are you talking about? Also, it's Texas. Everybody has a gun. So. Yeah. She jumps and tackles the guy and then gives a TV interview where she's like, well, we're all trying to end America's dependence on tobacco. I think he'll think twice before he lights up again. Um, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And then she's trying to justify it. Like he had a gun and they're like, it's Texas. Yeah. Like, and then William Shatner says, I don't have a gun. My ancestors were Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> total non sequitur. It's great. And this is where they find out that the DNA suspect that like licked the envelope that they got the message in was a woman yeah so why did she alert the fbi to begin with i don't know because you would think that if they actually want to pull off this plan they wouldn't they would just do it right if they didn't tell anybody they would have just blown somebody's head off when why did they kill other people before this they didn't it's they're a copycat oh okay right yeah the mystery part of this is pretty lame yeah, yeah. it's actually pretty amazing how much detail you absorb while watching the movies mikey yeah it's clear there's a lot of blood flow somewhere else in your body because they're copycatting <laughs> they had to write the letter so they wouldn't get caught does that mean yes. they have to set them yeah, up? yeah i think they're trying to like put the blame on somebody else i guess but i think yeah. they just ensured more scrutiny it, they did, but they also do try and shift the blame once they catch the real citizen, right? Right. Because we do, there is a scene where Candace Bergen is writing notes from other organizations, right? Right. So she wants to talk to Sandra Bullock alone, 
and literally just threatens her and is like, if you get in my way, I will kill you. Yeah. And she's like, okay, geez. Jeez. So we cut to her and Michael Caine talking about the interview because it's 30% of the total score. Yeah. The pageant interview, not the interview with the news camera she gave. Yeah. Right. We also know that their chief is coming down from New York to basically cancel, we, we assume cancel the mission. Or at least reprimand her again, right? Right. He's like, I am too busy up in New York City busting ghosts to come bust you out of any trouble you yeah. cause in San Antonio. And <laughs> like Mikey well knows, busting <laughs> makes him feel good. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> Mikey ain't afraid to ghost. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ghosting makes him feel sad. <laughs> so Benjamin Bratt goes to do laps and then he's going to come back and go over assignments. Okay, hang on one second. I have to talk about this because he's like talking to that guy in the at the hotel room they're using for the Jake's FBI. Jake's boss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's talking to Jake's boss and he goes, "I'm going to go swim laps. I'll be back in 15 minutes." What? Yeah, how many laps could you swim in 15 minutes? I know. One. You're going to get changed too. Yeah, yeah, you're going to yeah. get soaked. You're going to like be able to swim a lap, hop out, like dry off, change, and then go back. Like 15 minutes is an insane amount of time to swim laps. Yeah, it was bon I don't know why they have him swimming laps at all other than to have him shirtless in the next scene. I mean, that's probably what it was. Yeah. yeah. Swimming makes him feel good. Feel good. <laughs> so Michael Caine so is kind of quizzing her on the, on the interview, and she's an, in a... In evening dress And she's exhausted She hasn't slept in days Yeah uh, And he asks her Why is New Jersey Called the Garden State And she says Because it was too hard To fit oil and petrochemical Refinery state On a license plate <laughs> Which is pretty fun. Which, which is true. Which is true. And he accuses her of being an incomplete person who has sarcasm instead of friends. And because she doesn't have relationships. But they're blaming this on her not being feminine enough, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Which is real not great. No, it's not. It's terrible. Yeah. He tries to slap a donut out of her hand. She pulls a gun on him. Good for her. Oh, I loved it so much. I mean... <laughs> She did threaten to kill him with a gun like four inches from his face. Like that's I mean, she intense. was pointing it directly at his nose. Yeah, Mikey. Like, and she like cocked it. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and she made a show of cocking it. She was like, and like right in his face. But I mean, I do love that when she leaves with the donut. By the way, because he gives it back Damn to her. Straight. Um, he he then reads the next question on the cue card about the you know the interview, and he's like, "How do you feel about yeah. gun control?" Suddenly for Favorable. <laughs> yeah. Favorable. So we cut to she finds Benjamin Brad at the pool. She throws a football at him to get him to stop swimming laps. And she basically tries to quit. And he's like, no, because you're smart and easy to talk to when you're not armed. And if they see what I see in you, they're going to love you. That's why I picked you for this. You is kind. You is important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'll try not to let you down. And then he pulls her into the pool in the dress. And she's just like, ooh, Vic is going to kill you. Yeah. You're in big trouble because they've now ruined a dress. Right. But he just wanted to get her all wet. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they really try to swing hard at a romance between the two of them. And the problem I have He's her boss. That. Uh, but <laughs> there's also, they try to fix it with a line towards the end where he says, when you get ugly again, do you want to go out to dinner? But the crux of what has happened in this movie is that he did not view her as any sort of 
person with romantic agency until she got pretty. Yeah. And then he single mindedly went after her. I mean, they literally he literally says that in like shortly. No, it's during the fighting scene. He's like, no one sees you that way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, okay. I mean, it's still Sandra fucking Bullock, man. Like, yeah. you should Everyone see her that, sees way. Her that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't 10th grade where you're like, oh, you got boobs. Hey, my, my name's Mikey. Can I introduce you to the sea monster? Uh, <laughs> co- the cockness <laughs> monster? The cockness monster, Mikey. Yeah, I love this. It just reinforces this idea that as a woman, your worth is transactional based on your appearance. Oh, yeah. It's pretty terrible, yeah. right, Paige? I hated it yeah. a lot. I didn't like it. Anyway, so we go to the swimsuit competition, and this is where we get the hemorrhoid cream for bags under your eyes, the hairspray on her butt to keep the suit from riding up, all of the, you know, the chicken cutlets, the whole thing. And she kind of giggles her way through it, but she does get through the swimsuit competition, and there's a bunch of soldiers in, like, it's like Fleet Week. There's a bunch of, like, Navy guys in the audience cheering for her. (laughs) And then we get the montage of everyone saying like what what's the one thing the world needs right now and it's like world peace world peace world peace yeah and then it's harsher punishments for parole violators stan and world World peace peace. yeah (laughs) we also this is where we get the perfect date answer what's the perfect date april 25th not too hot not too cold all you need is a light jacket arguably the most famous line of the movie yeah yeah. yes and i realize everyone thinks that's a dumb answer she answered correctly like (laughs) that is a legit answer to that question you would say that mr layers yeah yeah your perfect date would be transactional based on how many jackets you could wear Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as, as long as it's one light jacket or more, I'm game. <laughs> He's down for a pandemic because he likes the containment suit underneath his layers of clothes. Overneath, page. Overneath, <laughs> page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first person to have ever pulled off the overneath. Gucci has reached out to me. That's, that's the sequel to In Ocean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> overneath. overneath. No, that's the villain. Ooh. Oh. That sounds like a villain from Dune, where it's like the Benny Gesserit have captured the Overneath. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone get me this, the Kwezok sandwich rock. Uh, so we hear about the Overneath jacket. <laughs> the Overneath hotel. <laughs> the Overneath hotel. <laughs> <laughs> We also find out from Benjamin Bratt that she, Miss Rhode Island, has been involved in a bunch of violent protests with an animal rights group. Yeah. And so they're kind of looking at her to see if maybe she's the one who's targeted the pageant. Yeah, she's like the red herring, right? Right. And they tell Sandra Bullock, they're like, you have to go talk to her and find out what's going on. So she decides to kind of go out for girl night. So she shows up to the hotel gym with pizza and beer. And this is the like, it's light beer and you're going to throw it up anyway. And everyone eats it, which is just. Yeah. <sighs> Sandra Bullock even says, I'm going to need more pizza. Yeah. So they all go out to a bar where they can get more pizza, I guess. <laughs> where they can get more pizza, I guess, and test tube shots. I think you mean a CeCe's pizza, a pizza bar. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a CC's pizza with paint on drums that you can hit, which honestly, yeah. that's awesome. I, I love that. I, it looks that so, so cool. fun. Yeah. It looks so fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we find out what her actual answer would have been for a perfect date, <laughs> yeah. which was basically just a romantic dinner and then a walk on the beach. 
talking about books and movies. On April 25th, yeah. On April 25th, because it's not too hot, not too cold. All he needs is an overneath jacket. <laughs> in, I would say in California, that's a pretty common date. Oh, well, you got beaches there. That makes we sense. You got beaches. You do have some beaches. I don't want to date your beaches. Yeah. We get her and Rhode Island alone. And she's kind of asking her, like, have you ever committed a crime? And this is where we find out that she stole a pair of red underwear because her mom said they were Satan's panties and wouldn't buy them. <laughs> but then we also find out that she was assaulted. Like, yeah. that, that, that she was... As we would assume sexually assaulted by her professor and San, yeah. which I had completely forgotten was in this movie. Uh, and Sandra Bullock's reaction is like, well, I could have taught you self-defense. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like self-defense or not, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> like, no. But this is kind of the first introduction we get that she knows self-defense. Well, I mean, she's in the FBI. I sort of assumed that she had some training. Same. She's a field agent yeah. in the FBI. So, like, this did not surprise me. But you're right. Like, when someone reveals past trauma, I mean, maybe further down the line you teach them self-defense. Jumping to self-defense is not the first bit of conversation you have with them while they're reve revealing it to you. I would say self-defense as a means to feel safer, potentially. But, like, the reality is that the assault was wrong no matter what, and you shouldn't have to learn to constantly defend yourself just to exist. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was where I was like, Ugh. anyway, they get her back to the hotel. But as they're kind of cleaning her up in the bathroom, we get a little more information about Miss Morningside where she was a runner up because the winner got food poisoning and the net network is firing her, too. And that when she found out she threw a chair out the window yeah so gracie goes to tell the fbi but by the time she gets there they're like oh no we caught the citizen we're moving out we're peacing yeah. out i mean ernie hudson is there to shut it down more or less at this point what a waste of taxpayer dollars he flew out there to shut it down because busting makes him feel good <laughs> and in this case he's busting their dreams yeah i do think that he flew out there to like sort of take control of the operation because right. like they were having trouble or whatever but because they caught the citizen while he was en route he just shuts it down right and no one will listen to her about kathy morningside even though she's got some pretty solid leads. There's the DNA, the fact that she was threatened, the history of violent behavior. There's a bunch of things. Yeah. And so she essentially decides to stay as a private citizen to try and solve what she still believes is probably a crime about to happen. Yeah, it's not the citizen, but something's going down here, right? Right. She even says, I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. I need to protect these girls. So yeah, she like legit turns in her badge and gun during this scene. Right. We cut to Morningside's office where... She has copies of a bunch of different letters and she's got her crown in her desk, puts it on and like relives winning because she crazy. Yeah. And Frank shows up. This is where we find out that Frank is her son. And she reveals that she's created other ransom notes and letters from people angry with the organization to try and pin it on other people. Yeah. Did you guys notice that one of those other organizations was islamic extremists yes yeah it was like al-qaeda basically yep. <laughs> yeah and i was like oh and this is literally just a year before robert pattinson dies i know it's murdered by his father <laughs> never oh, forget robertson patterson never, <laughs> robertson never, patterson. never forget never forget robertson paddington yeah <laughs> I'm just picturing Remember Me with Paddington Bear instead of him. <laughs> I need someone Giggy. to Photoshop Paddington Bear into that final shot. Hold on, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, basically, we know she is behind it. She's going to blow it up with the crown. So we cut to the next day. The FBI is leaving. And Michael Caine is leaving room 103 um, and leaves her address. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at the finals that are going to be on TV, yeah. they reveal that Grace has missed a rehearsal. She runs in and she doesn't know how to do her makeup. And so they all pitch in to kind of make her over. I thought it was sweet. I thought that was really sweet, actually. It's very sweet. She notices Frank is doing something weird, like he leaves a case behind and she kind of inspects it, thinking it might be a bomb. It's not. Somebody else comes and grabs the case. So she sneaks back into line. She actually knows the dance and she makes it into the top 10 on her own. Yeah. Essentially. So we cut to the airport and they're leaving with Michael Caine and they're talking about Kathy Morningside and Frank, revealing that Frank is her son and that he has a, a huge criminal record. So they race back back to the pageant just in time to see flaming batons from Miss Rhode Island. Yeah. And my favorite is when she comes off stage, Gracie is like, Satan's panties. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, everyone's looking for Frank and trying yeah. to figure out what's going on. He's switching the crown out in the janitor's room. And we cut to Gracie's about to go on for her talent, runs into Michael Caine and Benjamin Bratt. They're like, Here's why we're back. And as she's about to go on stage, the other girls have drank her talent. They drank all the glasses of water. So she drags Benjamin Bratt out on stage to do self-defense where she does in the movie. It's sing. It is actually a real self-defense technique, but they usually do it as sign. So it's solar plexus, instep, nose, groin in the movie. Oh, OK. It's usually solar plexus, instep, groin, nose. OK. Uh, but that is a real thing. Yeah, I loved it. I thought the scene was so funny. I really like the guy in the control booth who's like the producer of the live show and he's like yeah. what is happening and he's like oh let's just go for it like, yeah, let's keep it on her let's see what happens <laughs> let's, see, let's see where this goes i love that so much uh meanwhile backstage last year's winner is holding the crown and miss morningside is like oh let me go polish that so it really shines and takes the crown yeah. to have frank polish it of course he's gonna switch it out for the crown that has the explosives in it gracie lou gets into the top five. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's character does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's Rhode Island, Texas, California. I'm, it's All of them are girls that we've pretty much met. The last one they announce is Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it and is. as the rest of the, the top 10 are leaving the stage, that is when Miss New York comes out and says, just in case none of you thought a lesbian could make it into the top 10, this is for you. Tina, I love you. Revealing that her girlfriend is in the audience. And she's like, I love you too. And then everyone in the TV like control room freaks the fuck out yeah. over well, that. They're like, are we allowed to say lesbian on air? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Like, oh, no. So we cut to them answering the interview questions. And we've got the one where it's like, America is like a big ship. Uh, and then they get to <laughs> Miss New Jersey. Like, you know, some people have have criticized the pageant for being anti-feminist. What do you think? And she's like, I used to be one of them, but then I met all these women. And I love them and they're smart, terrific people. Yeah. And if any of you tries to mess with them, I will take you out. <laughs> You're just like, okay. <laughs> well, she's like looking directly cool. at Candace. Uh, yeah. She's looking directly at Murphy Brown. And I love, <laughs> I love that like there was a little bit of acknowledgement between her and Murphy Brown, but then William Shatner's face is just like, what is happening? <laughs> So, but he's, he's just kind of so, smiling just yeah. like he knows he's on camera but he's like what is happening I, I love his mm -hmm. face so much it's so funny this is the best William Shatner performance I've ever seen in my life yep 
she gets backstage and finds out that Frank took the crown to be polished and realizes the bomb is in the crown. Yes. And so she's trying to tell Michael Caine. She's like, it's the crown. And he's like, yes, wear the crown. Be, Be the, the crown. crown. <laughs> <laughs> trying to communicate to him that it's the crown. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Benjamin Bratt sees Frank kind of sneaking around behind the set. So he chases after him. A security guard comes after him. And they're announcing the runners up on stage. So on stage, it's like a countdown until that crown hits somebody's head. Yes. And she finds out that she is essentially second place. She's the runner up and she hugs Miss Rhode Island, who has now won. And she's like, don't take the crown. This is what it was. This is what this is where I heard Andrea's voice, where she just says, I can't hear you. What? Huh? What? I don't know. Can we talk a little bit about how much of a bitch Miss Texas is when she gets third? Yes. Love it. I love Love. that so much. I was like, yes, let your true hate out, Miss Texas. I love you so much right now. Because like no one used to do this at award shows forever until Amy Poehler did it. When Amy Poehler lost for Parks and Rec the first time and knew the camera was going to be on her. And so with the camera on her just goes like silently. It's just like, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Like angry. And now I feel like every show somebody does it, but I yeah. kind of love it. I like, Me too. really, really like it. I'd be pissed. Oh, so funny. I was going to sign us up for the Webby Awards until I realized they were a scam. So we could have had a moment like that. Yeah, but I don't think we would have had to beat out some pretty big shows, the marketing budgets. I didn't realize that those awards were just like bought and paid for. I, didn't, yeah. I thought they were more like awards and not like the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you know? All awards are bought and paid for. Well, that's unfortunate. Like this dick. <laughs> oh Mikey <laughs> For someone who like Claims to be like Uncomfortable with the amount Of attention your dick is getting You keep bringing it up A lot I feel like next Halloween I'm gonna get a Wreck-It Ralph costume And then just put part Of a pool noodle Down one leg <laughs> And go as Mikey I love everything About that idea <laughs> So they're fighting over the crown. She grabs it off Rhode Island's head. All of this while William Shatner is singing. Like, it's still all of, singing. Yeah, like all of the wonderful things that a Miss America is. That, like that that make up the lyrics to this She's song. She's beauty. She's grace. She's yeah. Miss United States. Um, it's so good. This is my favorite because he sings through all of it. And he can't sing. He like talk speaks through no, all of it. No, he talks sings. She finally grabs the crown off of her, tosses it. It explodes midair, destroying part of the set. Uh, She ends up punching Miss Texas in the process. (laughs) And as the (laughs) set is in flames, William Shatner finishes singing. And then we cut to the booth with all the camera people. And he's just like, good show, everybody. (laughs) But then we cut outside where a reporter is talking to William Shatner and he's just like, I was right in the middle of my song. Yeah. He's like (laughs) making it about him. I love it so much. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He's so good in this movie. Like, legit. So good. He's so funny in this movie. But they've basically captured Candace Bergen and Frank. They're putting them in the, the police cars and... They have solved the case. So this is where Benjamin Bratt asks her out where he says, when you're ugly again, would you like to go out to dinner? Just like a casual dinner. And she's like, oh, are you asking me on a date? And he's like, no, just dinner. And if we happen to have sex afterwards, so be it. And then she does a ref- <laughs> like the additional refrain of like, you think I'm gorgeous. You want to date me, love me and marry me. And I'm like, no, he is a transactional douchebag. Like it is only because you were suddenly pretty, a- air quotes, pretty 
that he gave you the time of day and he's not even nice enough to actually make it a date. It's just like, well, if we happen to have sex, like, yeah, he is full trash. It's pretty gross. Although it's played like he's a like suave, nice, like dude. It's played like he's <laughs> fucking Prince ass charming. Yeah, I love and it. no, <laughs> it's great. Anyway. Yeah. We cut to the next morning where they're leaving and Michael Caine runs out to tell them that there's been an incendiary device at the farewell breakfast and he drags her in where they award her Miss Congeniality and she makes a very kind speech and And that's that's the the movie. movie. Yeah. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Miss Congeniality? It's okay. It's okay. I I definitely liked it better when I was younger. As as a grown-up, I have some misgivings about the film but here's what i will say the story is strong like it makes sense there are funny moments in it even though some of them have not aged well there are a lot that do age well Uh, and sandy bullock is always amazing and so like she is great yeah i remember every tomboy that i knew loved this movie i did i I was one of those people and then now as a grown-up i'm like this movie's kind of problematic (laughs) (laughs) It is, but it's fun. I really, yeah. really love William Shatner in this movie. Like, he, his performance really makes it for me. And, of course, Sandy B is always charming as Sandy fuck. B? Like, she's great, you know? So, like, mm. I'm not going to be mad at Do it. Do you guys think they're uh, still together? Nope. No, I think even if he, I mean, their HR department wouldn't let that slide. <laughs> uh, no, here's the thing. I'm sure that he tries to get in her pants, and I don't even know if he's successful doing that, but if he is, I don't think it lasts much longer than that. Yeah, Agreed. that's probably true. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the relationship type, you know? I, I don't think he truly cares about her feelings or cares about her as a friend. Yeah, I that's what I mean. I think he's kind of gross. Yeah. But them legs, though. On Hers him or, or her? <laughs> I like how Paige and I have the same question. Yeah, <laughs> They I mean, that's both fair. have legs. Yeah. And they know how to use use them. them. And they extend past the knee, so they're not a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Knee. Oh, wow, Mikey. Oh, man. So, Paige, (laughs) any fun facts for us about... I do have some fun facts. Miss Congeniality? Well, hit us with your fun facts. The sequel should have been named Mrs. Congeniality, and it should have been about her getting married and not what the sequel is about. Oh my God. If it was her and I mean, Ben Bratt probably, but anybody getting married, I would have been on board for that. Although I don't remember the sequel at all. I have no memory of the sequel. I know I've seen it. I do. I could not tell you a single thing that happens in that film. I've, it is gone, gone from my brain. The only thing I think I remember is that Rhode Island is in it again, but I don't, I don't know how or why. So, I mean, I'm just happy to see Andrea get more work. (laughs) (laughs) so miss rhode island's answer to the perfect date question was actually an answer from a real life beauty pageant oh no yes that they took and used in the movie (laughs) yeah wow yep so the scene where she comes home after the mission like that first one where she like makes the hungry man meal or whatever it was scripted just as Gracie comes home and starts boxing, everything else was ad-libbed and added on the day shooting. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, there was actually originally supposed to be an additional storyline where we find out that Gracie's mother was an FBI agent who was killed in the line of duty, and that's why she became an agent to make her mother proud. Oh, wow. Okay. And they cut it because they thought they were like, it's too complicated. <laughs> There's too much going on. Yeah. Yeah. At the opening premiere of the movie, Sandra Bullock actually fell out of her car. 
like tripped and fell like her character did. Oh my god! But because people had seen the movie, like they thought she was doing a bit. They thought she was faking, and nobody helped her up. That's so funny. That's awesome. Actually, I'm on board for that. I like how everyone there is like, "Oh, nice, she's doing the bit from the movie." Yeah. Yeah. You got to find friends that will support your bits. That's all I'm saying. Yep. No matter how big or how small your bits are, yeah. Mikey. It, it, it's so much. So Miss Rhode Island actually had to learn how to twirl a baton, but she didn't feel safe twirling flaming batons. That's why there is a, a stunt double for yeah. the flaming baton. That ones. checks out. Um, there also was an additional plot line for the original Miss New Jersey, the person she replaces where instead of just saying that they took care of it and she was going to resign anyway, they actually, there's like scenes where they go and confront her and like blackmail her with that porno. And so they decided to cut it out because they thought it didn't really like fit. And so they have her come back. It's like super evil. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they have her come back as Tina, the girlfriend of Miss New York. Oh, (gasps) she's the girl in the audience. Yeah. I'm, anyway, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the the girlfriend in the in the crowd. I, I already kind of mentioned Sandra Bullock didn't take part in rehearsals for the dance scene so that it looked like she didn't know it because she didn't. So Miss Rhode Island showed up to the audition with long brown hair, but they thought she looked too much like Sandra Bullock. So they cut and dyed it. So that's why it's kind of that orange tone. Yeah. OK. There's a scene in the trailer that's actually missing from the final version of the movie where is somebody asking Sandra Bullock if she's a lesbian and she says, I wish. And that got cut from the actual movie okay. itself. Yeah. And it actually, it was her father. So her father was originally in the movie and he gets cut out completely. Like her real life father or like a character played a father? Like a character played her father. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it was gotcha. completely cut out. Matt Dillon was originally supposed supposed to play Benjamin Bratt's role. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see that. I see that working much better. Uh, and a lot of crew members for the movie double as FBI agents <laughs> as they're like running around whenever they need multiple awesome. agents. It's just yeah. like gaffers and stuff yeah. like that. That's great. And this is not the first time that Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock have played law enforcement together. They appeared together as LAPD officers in Demolition Man years oh, before. Oh, yeah. Yep. I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... That's going to be our fun facts for the movie. There are a ton, uh, like, the titles of it in un- in other languages. Like, in Hungarian, it's Undercover Beauty, which is kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> but there's just, like, so many fun facts about this movie. If you Google it, there's tons. So have a good time. Well, thank you for those awesome fun facts, Paige. Let's do some box office. So what do you think the production budget for Miss Congeniality was? And it came out in the year 2000. I mean, this is the height of Sandy B fame. Yeah. Uh, This is the height of the late 90s rom-com wave. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to say this cost at least 20 mil. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? Ooh, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to say 15 million. All right. It was $45 million. Shit. It made that money back though. Oh. It absolutely made that money back. We yeah. But if you adjust for inflation, that forty-five million dollars would be a little over seventy-one million dollars today. But let's talk about how much it made. So it opened up on December twenty-second, two thousand, and it was number five in the box office the week it opened up. Five, yeah. dang. I know, right? So wow. let me just read to you the top five, and you'll understand why. So number one was Castaway. Number oh, yeah. two was What Women Want. 
Number oh, three yeah. was Family Man. Number yep. four was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And then number five was, of course, Miss Congeniality. And then, honestly, number six was Emperor's New Groove. It's a murderer's row. Yeah. It's just one of those weeks where a bunch of good stuff's out. Yep. You know all of those movies, and they would just happen right. to all be out at the same time. Other notable entry, what I, which I think is another all-killer, no-filler, no is number seven that week was Dracula 2000. Mm -mm, mm -mm, no. <laughs> Terrible movie. Okay, so what do you think it made in the box office that weekend? So it was fifth. Yeah. I'm going to say it makes at least 15 still. I, okay, I, I agree. 15. Okay, a yeah. little bit less than that, but good guess. It's 13.8. And I mean, if you adjust for inflation, that is still pretty good. It's like a little over 22 million. And again, it was fifth. Like, that's really good for fifth, you know? Yeah, that's amazing for fifth. Yeah, the next weekend, and this so rarely happens, I wanted to point it out. The next weekend, it wasn't in any more theaters. In fact, it was literally no change in the theater count. It was third. It went from fifth to third the next week, beating out Family Man and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So it, it sort of moved up because those dropped. And it actually made more money in its second weekend than it did in its first and it was third that weekend. So it, it was still beat by Castaway and What Women Want, but it was third. It's just super rare for a movie to move up like that. Yeah. Well, and, and in, I mean, What Women Want was so fucking popular. It's a movie that I don't particularly like, but oh, like. Oh, that's going to be a good one to do. It yeah, is going to be a good oh, one to do. We should absolutely yeah. do an episode on it. But that was a hugely popular movie. So, like, it doesn't surprise me that this is even still coming in third, but still making ass loads of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so let's talk about how much it made domestically, right? So how much do you think it made in the domestic market? And again, 2000. And I'll just say this really quick, just because I'm looking at it right now. This was in the theaters until May. Its last weekend in theaters was May 11th. So it started... In December, December 22nd. Jeez. I'm yeah. going to say Holy 85 shit. million. Yeah. It, I See... I was going to say like 71. Okay. It was in the theaters for 21 weeks. And in those 21 weeks, it made uh, $106.8 million domestic. Damn. This is domestically. Internationally, it made $106.6 million oh. for a total of $213.4 million. And again, that's the year 2000. So if you adjust that for inflation, that's almost... $340 million Jeez on a 45 Christ. or if you just for inflation, like $71 million budget, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it made a lot of money, man. It, it crushed. There's no, I mean, of course this got a sequel, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That did not do nearly as well, but no. So this week I made you guys watch Miss Congeniality. Whose week is it next week? Next week we have a special guest. We've been talking about her all episode and we may have to get her response to the picture <laughs> oh, no. on I next know, week's just, episode. Oh, no. So be looking out for that. When we have on Andrea Gazetta Yay. and Paige, oh, no. I believe she picked out a specific movie she wants to watch. She did. We're doing Legally Blonde oh, at her request. Oh my God. Natalie and I we're talking about this today she literally said i can't believe you guys haven't done legally blonde mm -hmm. yeah there we go so your homework listeners is to apply to law school and get wine drunk and then watch legally blonde do we <laughs> want to reveal what happens after legally blonde not choices but oh the yeah era we're entering into I, my let's do it my pick is after legally blonde yes uh -huh. well because we'll just be continuing the rotation yeah oh yeah yeah uh -huh. and i'm going straight to christmas we're going to do christmas do movies probably all winter 
Yeah, yeah, through the end of the year. So yeah. after yeah. Legally Blonde, it is, it is full steam Christmas until we can't Christmas no more. <laughs> <laughs> and I am here for that. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't wait. All right, guys. I'm making bread ornaments. I've got an amulet. Oh. I'm going to time travel. Yes. It's great. Yes. 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 So, yes. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes. This one's by Peach Farts. <laughs> That's the name of the reviewer, or is it the title of yes. it? That's the name of the reviewer. Okay, so what's funny to me about that is that anytime they leave a review for another podcast, it's just going to be peach farts, and no one's going to understand why, and I love it. Well, it's a good handle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Okay, they say, ah, yeah, 11 out of 10. Nice. If you want funny, off-the-wall examinations of usually terrible movies... These three and their discussions are consistently some highlights of my week because the insanity of on this pod and the horror version. Also, I hope this gets read because I want to hear Mikey say the P word laughing emoji, but she doesn't use it in the review. So I'm sorry, Peach Farts. She literally wrote the P word. Yeah, she didn't say she didn't write pussy. No, she wrote the P word in quotation. Oh my God. How did you miss? You swung and missed. Oh, peach farts. Unless she wanted me to say the phrase, the P word. I mean, all right. Well, there you go. (sighs) Peach farts. Thank you so much for that amazing five-star review. And maybe the next time someone gets Mike to read a review, they'll get him to say the P word, but not like the phrase, the P word, but the actual P word. The actual P word. If you want to make Mikey say it, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes, On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pip. Oh, you're my heroine now. Bye. Um, this is the on- dick of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dick of a killer, <laughs> Bella. A killer, Bella.